Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tennessee Power Hour is here, and we are back after what was a great college football and NFL weekend. About to discuss Titans and Jags. We will uh, also get into uh, some more headlines and discussion on the Vols. Maybe we get to Vandy. 42 nothing, by the way, in Florida. Maybe that's all we need to say. I, I, that's sufficient for I'll me. To be honest with you guys, I typically like to think of myself as prepared yeah. for coming to do the show, especially for a Tennessee Power Hour. I have not seen a second of that game. Not even a highlight. Not and it's highlight? not because I'm actively not trying to see it. I don't know if they put a highlight of that game out anywhere. <laughs> I've not seen it online. Do they just agree Lord, to the score? Usually you go to Twitter and you'll see like someone putting something from a game. I didn't see... I guess I did see one flash on Twitter. While we were out in College Station, I saw a flash of Florida's uh, throwback unis they wore. I feel like playing Vandy. That's all I remember. Did that game even happen? Yeah, did they like, just negotiate the that, score and leave? Yeah, like, did, are we sure they played? In Gainesville, yeah, they came in and said, all right, we'll say it 42 nothing. No one gets hurt, and we're out of here. Can we take one shot? Hey, can we get an action shot of the new yeah. uniforms we have? Yeah. Can we Is run out, out of the, the field? We'll get okay. next to each other, do that, and then we'll get that action shot, and then we'll be done. Is that a game that Spurrier even shows up for as the ambassador? Oh, Spurrier's out of that thing golf. halfway through the first quarter. Golf. I guarantee. He, what do he say? He, he likes to watch his games in his office. They got an office for me in the stadium. He watches games, then he just... Gets carried up, basically walks up to the, the president's to the tower. president's booth, president's right. box for the game. We were in Aggieland for what was an epic finish between Texas A&M and Alabama. A&M winning on the field goal, storming the field at Kyle Field. Uh, just a, a great weekend overall for Outkick the Tailgate, presented by Farm Folio. Um, but then you know the travel issues galore uh, across the Southeast with Southwest Airlines. And that hindered Paul from getting to Jacksonville. It hindered Chad and I from getting out of College Station and Houston when we wanted to. We were flying back after witnessing this in person and storming the field. Chad's down on the sideline for this. Um, we had our flight canceled by Southwest and got back into Nashville as the Titans game was ending. I did a crash course on the first half prior to TV last night and uh, was able to get... Uh, a, a, a nice look at what the Titans did, but we missed it live. We were trying to get it on the plane, but could not. Hudden, were you shocked that I made it out of the sea of people on the field? As, as fast College as you Station, did, yes. That I went through, took my videos, reveled in the energy of the field storming, and then I hopped at this video that we're showing. If you're watching, I actually hopped a trash can at the bottom of this video that people were hopping to get onto the field, <laughs> and I saw one little opening where I could hop on the trash can to hop back up into the stands, and then... I immediately appeared to the group, and I think Hutton look at was, the players just Hutton was off. pleased that I was uh, yeah. back that quickly. For full disclosure, uh, two things were ending when you guys arrived in Nashville: um, Titans game, and you said a lot of bachelorette parties. Yes. Oh, Sunday the airport was already packed because flights are being canceled. People were trying to figure out how to get out of all these airports. Houston it was packed as well. Um, but yeah, there was a there was a silent death march. 
at, at BNA yesterday here in Music City. Um, after Young ladies a, trying fun, to get out of A town. fun time was had, no doubt. Um, people were dragging. It's like a weekend after Vegas where it's you just a, want to get back. It's a big collective walk of shame that's taking place at BNA on Sundays with bachelorette parties yes. leaving, leaving town. Hutton and I were not quite fresh as a daisy, but fresher than these bachelorette parties walking past them as we were going down to, uh, to get into it's Nashville the, as they were leaving it's Nashville. It's the end of the innocence. The... The Titans get a win, 37-19 over Jacksonville. Uh, a game that, look, when, when, when they left, we expected them to win. They went down and did that. Derrick Henry, 99 yards in the second half. Uh, <laughs> he gets stronger as the game goes on, which is it's crazy to watch him carry the football in the fourth quarter. Uh, but two big scores in the second half. And ultimately, the Jags just aren't that good. The Titans allowed them some life early, but not a ton. And, wow, what a boost to, to begin the game with the scoop and score by Kevin Byer. If, if every game is a lesson, we've had coaches tell us this, every game's an opportunity to learn something, jot something down, move forward with more knowledge. It's a lesson to be learned. And then you apply that to the, the next games. I've got a question for both of you guys. Watching this entire game back, I didn't really learn a thing about the Titans in this game, I feel like. We knew Derrick Henry was the man going into it. They... they Play, the play calls were done accordingly. They did a good job with him. I thought it was a solid job overall. There was no real threat from the Jags, which is exactly what Titans fans wanted. But I leave this game not knowing what I learned about the Titans moving forward. Did you guys glean anything from this game? I'll, I'll Take give anything you, I'll away give you and say, okay, now this is what the Titans need to do or this is what the Titans can't do. Well, I'll give you a couple. Um they went to more bunch sets, which helped them in uh, A, pass protection, and B, um, getting some separation, which they lacked last week. They've talked about their own trouble defending uh, those bunch sets and getting tighter on people. They used those to their advantage in this game. It helped spring some people and get free. And I wrote about um, the series that ended with Michael Pruitt's touchdown catch which was the result of an absolutely busted coverage. Um, they did not face a third down in that series. It was three Derrick Henry runs. It started with a 22-yard uh, pass to Marcus Johnson, and it featured a, um, a reverse to Cam Batson and a uh, direct snap to... Chester Rogers, or vice versa. But I thought it was a good play-calling series for Todd Downing, where without his big play weapons, A.J. Brown was on a snap count. Uh, I think he ran 26 routes. And um, Julio Jones not in the game. I thought that was a telling series about Todd Downing's ability to do something different and the Titans' ability to get some momentum going, where they didn't even face a third down on that series. I thought... Those two things, their, That's a their positive. willingness to go to those bunch sets to, to find ways to get guys open and a series where they did some creative stuff and didn't even face a third down, we're both encouraged. Yeah, and I, I mentioned last night on Channel 5, I, I, in the first half, I really liked what Todd Downing did uh, with play calling and sequencing. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 9 of 15 passing, 9 for 14 passing, excuse me, for 149 yards. Uh, over 15 yards per completion. I mentioned last last week about the 20-plus yard plays. 
I, I like what they did with the depth that they had or were working through at wide receiver. Marcus Johnson coming back was a nice boost. I like that they got Cam Batson involved. I think he had three plays uh, in that Wildcat. Two carries for 15 yards. Uh, Rodgers and Johnson involved. Um, look, it, it made life easier on the offensive line, and that's the whole key here is down, Downing got creative and and I thought called a nice, especially a nice first half, given the limitations of an offensive line that's banged up and that's not trustworthy right now to protect Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill takes way too many hits. That is a common theme. They're being very defensive over at St. Thomas Sports Park, trying to mention Tannehill holding onto the ball and wide receivers getting separation. He's still taking hits yesterday, even though wide receivers got separation yesterday. This is a, this is a, a, a recurring issue that deserves more discussion because they've got to figure this part out now because that Tannehill getting hit, uh, the, the one that really comes to mind is the incomplete pass, which to me was in real time, I thought, oh, is that a fumble or an incomplete pass? They review it, and on the first review, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's, he's attempting to throw the football. Incomplete pass, calls overturned, right? He got well, damn scrunched. Yeah, he I mean, he was drilled. Quickly. And that's not showing up on any stat sheet. But that's a, that's a hit that where Tannehill's not holding the ball too long on that, on that instance. That's got to stop, or this guy's not going to finish the season. I asked Vrabel today, you know, is it, do you need different things from Tannehill when he's on pace to be sacked 24 times and when he's on pace to be sacked 68 times? And he said yes in terms of throwing, throwing the ball away. By the way, the rush came off the left side. Yeah. He, he's still – Luan's still not there. Look, well, Luan and problems. Henry ran into each other on that Yeah, point. and Henry, according to Blake Bettingfield, has got to you know, go even wider because Luan – and it makes common sense – Luan's inside. And Henry has to take the, the widest thing there. The other thing I asked him about today, you know, do you have to assess Saffold? Are you going to just put Saffold out there and take as much Saffold as you can get until he runs into the time in the game where he's got to come out and then replace him with Brewer or Levin or whoever is next in line? And he said, we've got to assess that this week. And so I think there's potential for shutting down Roger Saffold long enough for him to get his shoulder right so that he can finish games. Um, and that would be a setback for this team because Roger Saffold, I think, is probably the best lineman in the unit right now. And so you're talking about potentially taking out the best lineman in the unit who you could get three quarters out of sometimes <laughs> and replacing him until and you can get four know, quarters out of And he's being a good example of trying to push through and fight through some really some pain and just some nagging issues. But you are kind of looking at your watch during the game, wondering when it's going to come that he... Hits the time that he can't finish. I think he hasn't finished two of the last three. Um, that's well, right. a really I mean, is, unfortunate situation. Is anyone on the offensive line playing particularly well this year? I think Saffold plays well when he's in there and gives well, a boost to both Jones and, and Lawan. It's, it's just one of those things. Though, and I, and look, we understand Lawan's coming back from injury, all that, but he's playing. He's out there. Mm-hmm. The Titans need their great players, their supposed great players, and Lawan is, is a supposed great player to be good. It doesn't even have to be great. Just be good, not bad. And then they need their average to below players to just be okay. And I think the offensive line could work with this offense. But I also don't think deflecting and talking about receivers not getting separation and quarterback holding it too long, if you continue to do that, you're avoiding the real problem, which those are issues at times. 
The real problem is your offensive line. Well, I don't have a problem. Isn't very good right while now. While your offensive line isn't very good designing things that get the ball out quicker. Well, that's what they I, did. I mean, I don't that's want why. seven step drops while your offensive line can't protect. That's a reasonable solution, and so they addressed it to a degree, uh, which is which is fine. But you're about to face a way better, way better. Uh, yeah. B- Buffalo's been playing fantastically well up front. You're going to have to have all of those things. The line has to protect better. You have to get the ball out quick. You have to have the rubs designed. Your receivers have to get separation. Your best receivers have to be on the field. You need all of that stuff, not some of it, all of it, to have a chance against the what looks like the best team in the AFC right now. I, I'm just not watching the Titans and thinking uh, over and over again that Tannehill is holding the ball too long no, when he's getting hit. He, he's an ingredient in all of it. I, I do believe quarterbacks can make their offensive lines and and look he's not doing anything wrong he's just used to again like I said in the context of taking 24 sacks you can hold the ball in the context of taking 68 sacks well you can hold the ball a quarter of the time and and he's got to recalibrate we will get further into the discussion of Titans and Jags and well, picking up on Chad's point about what we learned, maybe what we couldn't learn on a win over Jacksonville, what we will over the next couple of weeks. And we will turn the page to defense. Again, very good on third down, but they have some issues. issues. They have some issues. And yesterday it was with tackling. That's first and foremost that was really glaring to me. But beyond that, some of the players that you're asking maybe to be good, not great, I don't know if they're capable of playing well week in and week out. We, we will discuss that and more Straight ahead on Outkick 360. Titans get the win in Jacksonville and now return home to hopefully rest up. They're on the mend. Get some other players back. They host the Buffalo Bills next Monday, a week from tonight on Monday Night Football at Nissan Stadium. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. We are seeing clearly, clearly with Dr. Rolando Toyos of Toyos Clinic. Seeing clearly, presented each and every week by Dr. Toyos. You can call 1-800-603-1989 to schedule your LASIK consultation. 800-603-1989. Outkick 360's trusted partner is Dr. Rolando Toyos for all things LASIK. I had my LASIK surgery with Dr. Toyos and uh, 2016 to now. Zero issues. He's excellent. ToyosClinic.com presenting our Seeing Clearly segment. Uh, And again, schedule your hair restoration or LASIK consultation and let them know that Outkick sent you for 10% off. And again, that number, 800-603-1989. Guys, a couple things. Um, We mentioned the play calling from Todd Downing and getting creative to protect his quarterback. Like that. I like the execution uh, yesterday in Jacksonville. Um, I like Derrick Henry. How can we not? I mean, the guy has over 415 rushing yards in second halves of games this season. Um, he builds up and delivers in, in the key moments. And I thought the defense overall, Ben, don't break. They're very good on third down, which is an area that we you know ridiculed them for, and rightfully so, a year ago. They have improved in that area. They allow like six yards per play on first down, however. That's got to change as they now enter a portion of their schedule where offenses, and I think maybe you go into it expecting the offenses to be able to put up yards. You hope to be able to hold them in the red zone to field goals instead of touchdowns. 
And maybe that's the emphasis, the goal, and the mentality this week. But we have not seen this Titans team play a full 60 minutes in all three mm-hmm. phases. They, they harp on complimentary football. You know, that's one of their catchphrases here and everywhere. But this offense has some glaring issues. They have some issues on defense, too, that we're about to hit on. And then on special teams, everything has not been able to, to come together in those three phases. And you're going to need a full 60 against the Buffalo Bills. How do they get there? We're going to be talking through that idea all week long, and especially on game day next Monday. But, Paul, let's start on defense where yesterday they did a nice job. Harold Landry's been really, really good. Another game where he had at least five quarterback pressures. He's affecting the quarterback. That's the goal. Jeffrey Simmons maybe doesn't show up a ton on the stat sheet from yesterday, but watching him in the trenches, he got after the quarterback and affected plays that allow every, every, everyone else around him to make the play in some cases. But then there are the missed tackles. Then there's Rashawn Evans, who, I mean, what – do they not have anyone else that can fill a gap on a routine basis? Seemingly not. I mean, I think Monty Rice isn't ready. J.M. Brown's on IR. I think when J.M. Brown's back, you got to pair him with David Long. I mean, Rashawn Evans is just his, – his feeling for space has gotten worse and worse. And even in, in someone... goal line – and he's a great goal line yeah. player. He has been. Yesterday, there's a highlight going around of him diving like for a – presumed Trevor Lawrence sneak that there was never a sniff of Trevor Lawrence sneaking. I mean, Trevor Lawrence's back is turned to him, handing it off, off as James he's Rons. diving. Yeah, it's a ridiculous play. Look, they gave up 454 yards to the Jags yesterday. 159 of it came in the fourth quarter where I guess you're willing to yield some yards. 355 yards the week before to the to the Jets. Who are they missing? I know they're, they're injured a lot. All right, Jayon Brown's a factor and Hooker's a factor. They've never had Dupree, really, all right? Uh, Murchison, they're they're not counting on. Roberson, they're not counting on. Weaver, they're not counting on. The injuries aren't what's killing them on defense. 15 missed tackles yesterday. They're still giving up big plays, two 58-yard plays yesterday. One a run by Robinson, one a catch by Chenault. Four of the missed tackles are on that one play by Chenault. Uh, But the good news, that that, that play led... It's not a play you want to see. But they had the goal line stand on that they same drive. They buckled down on that. Yeah. But I, I'm convinced. I, I think the Titans got some breaks on calls yesterday. And I, I think that Trevor Lawrence was in on the play before that. He either got in with his knees up or he fumbled into the end zone and recovered his own fumble. So I think they got some advantageous calls. That forced the fourth down where they were stupid enough to give it to Hyde. Yeah. instead of getting Robinson in or, or letting uh, Lawrence do something. So I think they've gotten some breaks. Like you're saying, they're, they're not going to get this many breaks against the, the Buffalo's offense, which is really, really good. And there's just something missing still on defense. Is it better than last year? Absolutely. And we said it had to be. And maybe we're holding it to too high a standard because what they really need to do is be really, really good on offense and just this good on defense. But they're not really, really good. Uh, you know, unimpeachable on offense. And so the defense needs to be a little bit better or get everybody back on offense, score 35 and expect the defense to allow 28. But the, the impact players that they brought in to help this defense aren't even available. You mentioned Dupree, Caleb Farley's barely playing. He played yesterday. a little bit. It's good he, to have him out right, there, but, but I mean, 
He's not that, a difference maker. We can't make excuses for this guy at this point. Right I mean, he's now. a first-round pick Autry, that they don't want to play. Danico Autry's been pretty good. He wasn't particularly noisy yesterday, but his overall body of work, I think he's giving them what they signed yeah, him for. Yeah. Janoris Jenkins is not giving them what they signed him for, I don't think. Um, and so you're, you're one for three there on, on the big signings. And uh, and Farley is is you know an incomplete. And and they don't this these aren't signings, but I, I watch this and see two real problems with players: Dane Crookshank, Rashawn terrible. Evans. Dane Crookshank's terrible. Rashawn Evans. I don't know if you guys have seen the video. There's one play where he's covering, uh, doing a five yard cir- circle around grass in the middle of the field, and there's players around. He's not even going close to on a big pass completion from Trevor Lawrence. It feels he like looks he's confused. done. Now, I mean, he, we know he's not going to be back beyond this year. feels like he's done. Get Jayon Brown healthy and try Brown and Long together. Long's been good. Long has been good. Well, they were already trending towards removing Jayon from the lineup, but based on the plays, they were playing David Long. They, it's, they yes. weren't doing that with Rashawn Evans. They I were know. doing that with Jayon Brown. But, uh, and I don't think Brown's here beyond this year. He has two dead years that they put into the one-year deal but if you're choosing between those two uh, outside of Brown consistently getting hurt now, I don't know why you wouldn't put Brown on the field instead of Evans. It He's was, got a much better feel for space. So I mentioned when McNichols is on, you know it's a pass. Watch how they scheme the run game to run at Rashawn Evans. Yeah, I they mean, should. That, that's what they do. They being the team oh, that they're playing. Yeah. Not, not just Jacksonville, but – that, that's the weak link right now of the players that you drafted. I mean, this is their first draft pick. This is John Robinson and Mike Vrabel's first draft pick together. 22nd overall, 23rd. I mean, just, he's always left us expecting more. And I've, I've liked Rashawn Evans in key moments over the years. Paul mentioned the, the goal line stands. I mean, he's he used very, to be short yardage goal line stand guy. He's not even doing that now. Yeah, and, and I've, I'm now I'm, I've never seen a guy that guesses so many times that's wrong so many times. It's like me on FanDuel this past Saturday. <laughs> like, it was a it rough was a, Saturday. It was a rough Saturday. Rashawn Evans has a rough Sunday defending gaps, like filling gaps. He chooses the wrong. The, the 48, was it the 48-yard run by Robinson? 58. 58. Um, watch where Rashawn Evans goes and watch the gap where Robinson now, runs I've Now, I've been told he was blitzing on that play and Long was supposed to go to that gap. So I think he's an innocent victim on, on that play. Oh, well. That he was uh, maybe run blitzing and, and went where he's supposed to and somebody else was supposed to go where So they're expecting him to go where Evans went. They're, they were expecting Long to fill where Evans Oh, so like David Long missed so that Long assignment. Missed. Well, the, I mean, that those... Those are the those are the plays that will drive Brable crazy. Yeah, he, he's not playing. Look, Rashawn Evans has never been consistently good. Right now, he's even worse than that. I mean, it looks to me like he's a guy that that's counting down to the end. He's almost got a disinterested feel to him. Well, you know who else is counting down to the end? Harold Landry. Yeah. Well, Harold Landry's on the ups. Harold Landry. No, the sure. difference is Contract Harold Landry is good. Yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I don't know any Rashawn Evans defender except oh, I know the, that. the PR staff. I'm not, I'm not saying that you do. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you're counting down to the end, go get paid, man. This guy, I mean, not getting paid. he's getting a one-year contract somewhere. Well, he's getting a one-year contract somewhere by somebody that thinks they'll be able to fix him. Um, who won't be able to fix him because he doesn't he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. I just here hate seeing guys or here. Get worse. And the first here was the head and the second here is the heart. I just hate seeing guys who aren't old get worse. And Rashawn Evans is getting worse over the course of his Titans tenure, which is disturbing. 
Dane Crookshank maybe always wasn't that good. We're just seeing more of it now yeah, that he's, he's a that special other teams well. best, and he's usually hurt. It's just impressive that he stayed healthy for three games. Yeah, in a row. the difference is Crookshank's their third choice to play yeah. that position. They've started Evans since week. Well, one. my point is, I don't know that he's gotten worse. This is just who he is. Right, we've and never now, seen him. This he's much in a more prominent spot, so we're seeing more of the bat. Yeah. And again, we don't know the timetable on Amani Hooker. This is the downside for the three-week IR stay because a guy goes on IR and we think, oh, he could be back in the fourth week, or he could be back in the fourteenth week. We don't know, but they sure could use Amani Hooker because Amani Hooker, I think, is a pretty good player. Side-by-side with Byard. Byard, by the way, had a really good game. Really good game. Not not just with the big plays. He obviously scooped the fumble and scored. That's his first NFL touchdown. uh, And he had an interception at the end. And there's another play. But he had 10 tackles, like you said, played fast. Have they done any? wasn't hesitating. Did they use him in a different way? Did they free him up in some way? I don't Um, know. I haven't haven't rewatched much. Um, But he seemed to play freer. Yes, uh, that's, I think that's the way to describe his game yesterday. Uh, keep doing whatever you were doing with him because it was good. Um, and he wasn't worrying about, about corners, it didn't, it didn't seem like. But this was not a very threatening Jaguars offense with the receivers, right? I mean, that, who was their primary receiver? They were throwing the Arnold yeah. primarily. And are you worried about Arnold? He's a nice tight end, but he's not Travis Kelsey. Well, he's, so he's sure not. Uh, here's um, you know who's that? DJ Chark. Here's what's clear. Going back to uh, Toyos Clinic, seeing clearly, their defense is better than what they were a year ago. Like if we're just going based on the preseason expectations of okay, how do they get above or over the the hump of what they faced last year and toward, towards the end of the season? Um, they've improved on third down. They're getting off the field. It's now. And maybe it's unfair. Maybe you guys tell me if what I'm asking is is too much here. It's now on the offense to close the door on any possibility that these that, that the other team on the other sideline is able to get back in the game and put up yards and points against this defense. Because yesterday, a, a good example, after a punt, the Titans offense went 79 yards for a touchdown. They drove 75 yards for a touchdown. They went 41 yards for a field goal. They went 75 yards for a touchdown. Now, on paper, that leads to 37 points overall. But they never really put the game away because they had other opportunities to do that. They then punted on three straight possessions, including the, the one third down sack that knocked them out of field goal range. So that, that's the difference for me as we move forward here out of a stretch of terrible teams into a stretch of legitimate contenders this offense is going to have to stack scoring drives and when they have a chance to score they can't take a sack that keeps keeps them out of field goal range they can't have a delay of game at a crucial point Ryan Tannehill that's unacceptable those examples with or without a timeout with those are the things that's going to help the defense at the end of the day because the defense is limited this offense to me should not be um, I think it's easier to point to a defense that's limited with Bud Dupree still trying to make his way back. And based on his description and going back and watching his presser he had last week, it's all legitimate where he tried to come back too early and, and props to him for trying and addressing the fact that he's just not there yet. I, I uh, think but but they, they need – I mean, they're getting stuff out of Landry, great play out of Landry. Simmons and Christian is, Fulton, Simmons who's now on the impact. hamstring list. Yeah, I, I mean, fifth again, hamstring. 
it's, uh, it's, it's at times I feel like we're trying to compare this defense to the expectations of what this offense was supposed to be. Yeah, I think you're right. We need to reshift that. Look, we, the number one thing for the defense was third down. It was 51.3% last year. It's down to 37.7. Mm-hmm. That's what we wanted. So it's fulfilling expectations there to a degree. The pass rush, generally, it's much better. Autry's delivering. The front four in general is delivering. We wanted it to get to the middle of the pack. It's in the middle of the pack. It's probably, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's probably better than the middle of the pack. I wanted them to get to the middle of the pack by drafting someone on defense in the first round that would help them get to the middle of the pack. Well, now you're, now you're being particular about how you wanted them to get there. If how, they're how there, do what does it matter how they got so there? So I'm being particular because I want a first-round pick to play? No, I want the first-round pick to play too. But if they're where you wanted them to be, does it matter how they got there? Yes, it does, because they're whiffing on first-round picks. And Janoris Jenkins has not been very good, and that was a big addition. So that's going to come back to haunt you at some point. Right. I, I, and we're I want on to the be same page about all of that. I want to be encouraged by a first-round pick and not discouraged. I'd like to have that happen. We're all on and the same page that, about all of that. But this is well. another example, again, of them getting where we want them to be despite their deficiencies and their overall defense, not quite as good as I expected, 22nd. They're 15th, well, their points allowed 15th against the run and 21st against the pass. Now, we said coming out of Jets and Jags, that number should have gone down more. And the overall offense, by the way, is 10th, which isn't that far out of range of what we wanted because the run game's third. So they're not skewed too far out of what we want. What they're skewed is really one win. They should have won the Jets game, and they'd be right where we wanted them to be going into this. Now, we might not feel as good about them going into Buffalo because they're injured and not polished. But if they were 4-1 and one, instead of 3-2 and two, and they had the 10th offense and the 22nd defense, we'd say not quite as good as we want, but where we expected them to be. It's all that Jets game that yeah. screwed everything up. And look, I, I think it's, it's okay to be critical. Uh, and the good thing is you can be critical of this team after a win um, because I have, I have higher expectations for this team than just making the postseason or winning a division. And I know they do too. They've been building to this and that – defensively, over the last three games, they've allowed 10 points, 7 points, 13 points in the second half. They've allowed 49 points in the second half this season. It's very good. Um, they've only scored 62 points in the first half, and 48 of the 62 came in two games. That's that. They need to jump out and actually get some consistency going offensively. It's good to have A.J. Brown back. They, but he was limited. He's limited, but it, again, he missed – Two weeks with a hamstring, that's a positive in all this. We're, we're, I don't know where we are with Julio Jones' return, but they, need, they, they really need both of them offensively to get to where what we're describing, which is an offense that can put a team away Yeah, and the you onus, have the opportunity the, to do I so. think you're absolutely right. The onus is back on the offense. And it's, it's on A.J. to get healthy all the way. It's on that offensive line to get healthy and play healthy yeah. and play like it's capable of playing. It's on Julio Jones to get there. And it's on all the other little pieces, too. I, you know, I don't know what Darrington Evans can do. We don't know. Why don't we know? Because he's never been damn ready to play for more than three right. games in a row. So get yourself right. Make yourself available and let us see it. Because it might be a, a, an important piece of the offense that could add now, something. We haven't seen it. Here's, was, Josh Reynolds ran six routes. Here's what Chad's getting to, and I, I'm buying it. Uh, figure it out now. 
because looking ahead, you're not going to have much left over because you haven't hit on these drafts. Like that, there, no, there right. are. This is this is the window. Yeah, and that, that's why you should have high expectations right now. Now, because your future's not Dylan Ray. We can set we can set aside the issues for the drafts as long as they can figure it out with what they have. Uh, if they don't, if we start to go down again, these stats on defense. To Chad's point, they're helped by the fact that they faced the Jets and the Jags and a crippled Indy offense. So, <laughs> in, 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 a, in a Seattle team that couldn't move the football in the second half. That's credit to the defense for doing that. But again, we have to look at the total picture. We're, they're about to face Kansas City's offense. They get their defense too. They're about to face Kansas City's offense in a couple of weeks. But before that, they get Buffalo. Buffalo's number one in the league in points scored. They're number one in the league in points allowed. Can the Titans put together a full 60? If they can't, they will be boat raced on Monday Night Football. Yeah, Buffalo is the number one defense in the league. So the Titans' defense is going to have to show up. They're also the eighth offense in the league, yardage-wise. So it's just, I look you're going to have to play balance. Look at yeah. points, yeah. not it's, yards. It's frustrating uh, when I look at it because I feel the Titans have sabotaged their window. They've shrunk it. Because they have we're talking it. about... All these guys, well, let's just enjoy it while it's here. It, it could have been here longer. And Isaiah Wilson, Caleb Farley, Dylan Radens. I want to see Caleb Farley play. <laughs> I mean, is, is that too much? No. No, it's not too much to ask. And, no, and it's not. Whether he's, thank I want to goodness see they finally put like. him out there. I want to see what he looks like in an NFL game. I and want to, to see him people- in, in big moments defending someone in cat coverage that Mike Vrabel talked about that he's capable of doing. I just want to see that. I, I don't. I don't think that's too much to ask. It's and not. people uh, I'm, uh, in the chat talking about you're too hard on Lawan because it's in-game rehab that he's going through. And I'm thinking, these are you have 17 NFL regular season games. There's not in-game rehab. It, one of two things are going on. If he's bad and it's because he's hurt and he's still the better option, that's a failure of developing anything around there that you could plug in. If he's given up that many sacks in, in and one game, and your guys who you plugged in last year are not as good, what happened to them? I don't expect him to be great, but I do expect a guy being paid elite left tackle money to eventually get to an elite point again, and he's nowhere close to that. I don't think these are just irresponsible asks on my part. Here's the other the thing. Titans. Here's the other thing I've heard, Chad, with regard to Farley. Well, look how it's worked out for Fulton. You know, he struggled through last year, and now he's one of the better players on defense, to which I say, you get Fulton for four years. So you're basically saying, oh, I'll accept three years out of Fulton because <laughs> first year was a wash. Well, that would be the same thing for Farley, you're saying, would be okay. Well, you've got four years of him to judge, a, three years of him to judge a fifth-year option. Do you not want to maximize it? You're willing to hand away a year of the four years you get him under contract for? You need all four years. You can't hand away a quarter of the contract. Well, and, and using that example, what were the Titans again last year in third down defense defensively? Worst all time? Couldn't a second round corner have helped that? Yeah. You're not just sacrificing his clock. You're sacrificing team help in a season with a second round pick. I'll tie it back into Tennessee Vols. They sacrificed the game against Pitt probably by not naming Hendon Hooker the starter to start the season. Either one of those guys will blow out Bowling Green. But if Hinton Hooker starts that game, hey, coaches probably lost that game by not picking the right guy to start at quarterback because it looks certainly looks like Hinton Hooker is the best option moving forward. So, 
yes, we can talk about moving forward. It's the right thing, and good things are with both teams, whatever. But when you look back at Christian Fulton's first year, Isaiah Wilson, the missed time now with Caleb Farley and Dylan Radins already, it's not good. And three and two is good. That's fine. That's not bad. They're going to win this division. That's a good thing. But all these things I'm laying out, not good. And well, people hate to hear that. What, what, what has happened is I think we've gone from an idea that these next two games, and maybe they shock everybody and win. Um, because, Paul, you pointed out last week, uh, this is a team that you, you think could lose to Jacksonville and also beat Buffalo or Kansas City. And they've had success against Buffalo's offense in past years uh, trying to defend it. Um, but they go from the idea that these next two weeks would be for like top positioning in the playoffs to we don't do we, do we really expect the Titans are competing for the number one or number two seed in the in the NFL right now? Highly unlikely. Yeah, I mean that's that's just how the mindset has changed through the first month of the season. Again, they get them at home. They're the rare five and a half point underdog, I believe. When the line the line opened around three and a half and quickly jumped to five on Buffalo. The betting public loves Buffalo because they cover. Yeah. Except for week one, which was you make flip. money off Buffalo. Um, and it quickly moved in Buffalo's favor. So you have the rare, what could be a touchdown underdog by Monday night, taking on, uh, at home, the home underdog, taking on Buffalo, who's the, you know, the, the pride of the league right now, and definitely uh, showed Kansas City that Buffalo is the team to beat, and the playoffs go through Buffalo this year. I know this will change everyone's opinions. Dylan Radins, six valuable special team snaps yesterday. At least he was active. At least they thought he was valuable enough to wear a uniform yesterday in Jacksonville. Well, they, I'm glad that they got shamed into bringing their second-round pick on the road for a game and Shame. dressing him out. Shame. They were publicly shamed into that Shame. decision. More discussion on the local football weekend, including Tennessee Volunteers and a theme that uh, I love from Josh Heupel and a bigger topic that we'll get to later this week, but we'll set the stage for what Heupel is accomplishing right now on the Hill in Knoxville. I also have a fan duel pick that this, this point spread is so bad that I feel like it's a mistake and I want everyone okay. to jump Let's on win. it right, right now, now before Vegas and the betting public adjust it. Let's change Because this line's going to adjust. We don't change lives, we change lines. Outkick 360 <laughs> rolls on. Chad wants us to jump on a line at fanduel.com slash OK360. Welcome back. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. What have you found? I'm doing it right now. Uh, I, I saw it, and uh, I thought that my eyes had deceived me, Hutton, when I first saw this line. Texas A&M, Zach Calzada, recently anointed hero of Aggie oh, football. Legend. He is an absolute legend. They are playing in Columbia, Missouri this Saturday. I thought for sure this would be like a 14, 17-point line. It is not. They adjust it because you have to fly into St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the lack of legroom on the bus, on the bus trip from St. Louis to uh, Columbia, Missouri that really hurts legs going into the game. Eight and a half. Jump all over A&M. Eight and a half. I jumped all over it. You guys hopefully did as well. Done. Very confident that Texas A&M can go into Missouri and win by more than eight and a half points. But, Hunt, it's funny how these things work. Yeah. We talked about it on Outkick the Tailgate. We were all shocked that uh, what, what were we missing on BYU? Only a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Boise. 
Good job. With three losses, and Boise goes out and beats BYU. Yeah. Because um, we were so shocked that there was not a bigger points. Brutal. Vegas, brutal weekend. We knew Vegas knew something. We said it. It gave me pause because I'm thinking, Vegas knows something. I don't think Vegas knows anything on this one. Uh, one thing that Vegas is figuring out about Josh Heupel is, and, and, and me too, and I think all of us will agree on this, it is so refreshing. Refreshing. To it, Let me ask this to you guys this way. How much have you heard Josh Heupel discuss, oh, we just need, we need our guys. We, we, need, uh, we need to hit the ground recruiting. And they're doing that. Zero. But how many coaches of the past decade at Tennessee have come in and said, you know what, brick by brick, and you know what, we're going we're gonna to recruit and get guys in here that, that are going to fit this system. Josh Heupel just coaches. And by, and by the way, he coaches guys open, wide open. Even when Joe Milton is overthrowing them, He's coaching. I mean, there are plays where there are no defenders around, um, and and Heupel is scheming this up. I, I love what I'm seeing as I watch the Tennessee Vols play, and that's credit to a head coach that inherited a mess, 71 scholarship players, and here we go, middle of October, and they're putting up a boatload of points, running three plays a minute, I mean, moving up and down the field. Vegas has them as a two-and-a-half-point underdog right now, this coming week against Ole Miss at home. Uh, they, they, the over-unders at 79 points. I think it opened at 82 or 83 uh, over-under. Heupel is doing a lot of great things. I mean, even against Florida, there was that wide-open, schemed-up play that yeah. was dropped. I mean, I, I love what I'm seeing from this guy who's not pointing to recruiting and not kicking the can down two years down the road. He's saying, I'm going to make the most of what I have. And he's doing it with a backup quarterback. Now, we can we can discuss that he made the wrong decision who they started, but I mean, Hendon Hooker looks really really good in this offense. I love what I'm seeing and I love what I'm hearing from Heupel too. Because and you're hearing. right, he's not making excuses. He's not talking about depth. We can all talk about these things. Right. He's not talking about it. He's not deflecting. Uh, he's talking about it's my job. I'm getting paid to get this program as good as possible, as fast as possible. And he was asked after the game about what do you think recruits are saying that are here in the building for this game about your offense and how fun it looks and how many points you're scoring and everything else. And he said, I think recruits that we talk to are seeing the fact that it's not just offense scoring points. We are going, this program is going to be aggressive. We are going after the quarterback. We are going to play aggressive on defense, offense, special teams, and we're going to have fun. It's a pretty good message to send in recruiting. This is to steal the line from Kevin Costner and Tin Cup. He, he didn't show up there to lay up. That's kind of Heupel's mindset. That's why I loved Sam Pittman going for two. Mm -hmm. I love both Kiffin and Pittman in that game. They showed up to play. They showed up for a war. It was going to be back and forth, and he was going to go for the win. That's kind of Heupel's mindset so far, and it served him well. This, it, it's funny what success can do for you. A little bit of success this Tennessee team, and suddenly you start to block a little bit harder. You start to pay attention a little bit more in film session. You start to do these little things a little bit better, and you're going to have more success that way. They've got a long way to go, obviously, but the quickness of the turnaround to the degree that it's happened so far also serves to further indict people that nobody wants to talk about anymore and they want to put way in the rearview mirror. But well, the last I, couple guys look worse than yeah, ever. Well, and not only that, and uh, uh, Jeremy Pruitt obviously does not look good right now. Jim Chaney also. How about this stat? They've scored 107 points in the last two games. 
That's about half of their overall point total in 10 games in the entire 2020 season. That, I mean, the, they've scored 28 points in the last two first quarters, not first halves. First quarters, they scored 21 four times last year. And that year. indicts one Mr. one Mr. Phil Fulmer, Fulmer, who saw fit to make that higher. Also, um, they they would have maybe maybe they beat Missouri and South Carolina last year with the teams that they would have faced this year, but not the way they wouldn't have handled them the no. way that they did. Uh, and I'm not even saying I'm not even saying the scoreboard, like just where it's not even competitive. Um, that that's how they treated both of those programs, and that's why you can say it's the middle of the top, top of the middle, top of the middle, top, top of the middle. middle, top of the middle. T-shirts. It's like our show. Pending. Top, top of, the of the week here. Week week number one. It was show number one of the week in the books. Uh, we are back at it with a plenty of football discussion tomorrow. Glenn Gilbo will join us. John McClain and more. We hope you'll join us from Sixth and Peabody. We broadcast daily. 2 p.m. Central, 3 o'clock Eastern for OutKick 360. Go Braves. Do as I say. Don't block the box. Do lock the locks.